Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. So today, we're excited to be reviewing Star Wars. Oh, God, the, the font is so small. Uh, I just don't have the vision to see this. It's oh, really? Oh, I mean, I mean it, do you have a problem no. with your vision? I, exactly. Uh, and I, I don't want to admit how long I've been waiting to use that pun. Um, so we're just going to move right on. Wow. Look, you want to tell us about some of the announcements we've got this week? Yeah, so big news. Uh, Star Wars The Book of Boba Fett will officially premiere on December 29th. That's a Wednesday, confirming the uh, the earlier um, uh, uh, theories that even the uh, uh, the Star Wars you know mainline series will be moving to Wednesdays. But yeah, December 29th. We're going to get the Book of Boba Fett. There's no Mandalorian this year. We don't know when the Mandalorian Season 3 is coming yet. I know they, they've only recently, I think, finished filming it, so it might be a little bit longer. But at least we're going to get the Book of Boba Fett. And after that tease at the end of Mandalorian Season 2, I'm excited. Uh, I think a lot of people are just waiting for this one. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, not a whole lot of other details aside from that. Like they, they, they gave a summary of the series, but it's, I mean, it's basically um, it's basically everything you assumed from the uh, from the the tease at the end of uh, the Mandalorian, right? Um, Boba Fett and Fennec Shand uh, kind of taking it over in the void from uh, left by Jabba. So sounds really cool. Uh, also on Disney Plus now, Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. It's the Halloween special. Uh, it's a fun installment. Um, and uh, also dropping a surprise uh, release, Star Wars Galaxy of Sounds. This is a new series of, uh, I want to say like five to ten um, sonic and visual poems almost. Uh, basically celebrating all of the phenomenal phenomenal sound mixing and m- the music and sound effects etc uh from the artists over there at skywalker sound so they're all 5.1 mixes you know they did this previously for like the the ship fly throughs and the planets and now they're doing this for the sound effects uh, as well so it's really cool definitely recommend you check it out um uh, also for Star Wars Visions, uh, they actually dropped a set of filmmaker-focused documentaries for each of the shorts. Um, so if you want to learn more about Star Wars Visions, it was actually great. They they released it day and date uh, with Visions. Um, although you have to go into the extras tab in the Visions um, display uh, page on on Disney Plus in order to uh, to to find it. So it's not like Disney Gallery of the Mandalorian. It's not a separate series, but it, it's it's part. It's like basically the special features for for the season. So all really cool stuff. And those documentaries are almost they're probably a good five to seven minutes each, almost as long as the shorts themselves. So um, in in some cases, so yeah, really really cool stuff. 
Whew, whole bunch. Uh, last but certainly not least, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, uh, the hotel you know, ship uh, named Halcyon, will you know, quote unquote set sail on March first of twenty twenty two next year. We're just a couple months away when you can actually experience the Star Wars galaxy for yourself in this immersive experience. Uh, and uh, bookings open October. 28th oh man i i'm i know this stuff's gonna be limited i think there's what 100 rooms or so i, I think rumor is 100 rooms 100 rooms yeah but yeah. uh it sounds amazing i just i can't wait to go in 2035 it'll just be just <laughs> a great vacation i i completely agree with you i think that's probably what i'm looking at right now so uh hopefully uh hopefully they'll still be sailings at that time who knows Maybe there could be a different ship or another ship or three or four. I don't know by that Maybe time. Maybe we'll get to go on the actual Star Cruiser instead of a hotel that's in Florida. <laughs> that may not be. <laughs> hey, you know what? I would keep an eye on The Simpsons because so far The Simpsons have been pretty predictable on stuff that happens. So if they ever have an episode to where a ship sets sails and it's called the Halcyon, I would think that in the future there could be something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, all sorts of good stuff happening. It's been, uh, September's been a pretty uh, um, busy month, I guess, for Star Wars in in some ways. Um, We've got the, actually, in just a couple days, five days or so, as we're recording this, uh, Star Wars Visions Ronin comes out. The next Thrawn novel comes out next month. So, yeah, we, uh, it's exciting times for sure. But... Today, we are here to talk about a brand new season of, uh, or a brand new series, actually, and we're here to discuss the entire season. Um, This is the first time they've ever dropped uh, an entire season of a Star Wars TV show all at once, and so we're going to be here to to break it down, talk to you about our our favorites, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, and that sort of thing. But Tom... Take it away. What are we reviewing today for those who well, maybe haven't read the episode description? <laughs> well, today we're going to be re- reviewing the nine episodes of Star Wars Visions. It is an anthology of animated shorts celebrating Star Wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators and storytellers. So what we're going to be doing tonight is we're going to be reviewing the nine episodes and the first one out of the game. Steven, take it away. Thanks, Tom. So the first episode we're going to be talking about tonight is The Duel by the studio Kamikaze Duga. And the director was Takanobu Mizuno, and the writer was Mitsuyan Yusu uh, Sakai. I hope I don't think we got the names quite right, but uh, we'll do our best throughout this episode. The synopsis for this was a wandering stranger with a mysterious past defends a village from powerful bandits. So I think the first thing for me for The Duel is this is one of the most visually striking of the nine episodes. Mm-hmm. It's all black and white with a very kind of hand-drawn sort of style, except for lightsabers and blast bolts, which have this very nice kind of glowing red effect. Uh, I think probably my favorite visual style for all nine episodes. Interesting. Yeah. I, I Go ahead, William. No, I, I was going to agree with you, Stephen. I think, you know, this one, I, I, I feel like is the one that's been getting the most praise in the community. Overall, I don't think it was not my favorite of the of the uh, in, in visions installments, but um, but you know visually it was very impressive. You know, I think 
some uh, all the all the shorts have different art styles, um, a wide range of art styles. Very interesting. Um, in this particular case, though, as you mentioned, it's black and white. Feels very hand drawn. Everything almost feels to be moving within you know, a lot of the artwork. And then the the the, the bright, you know, the co- only color being in the lightsabers and the, the the blaster bolts really draws your eye and, and makes it quite stunning in in many ways. Um, and so I, I I did really appreciate uh, that quite a bit. Yeah, I, I think the visual style for each episode, I assume, matches the various studios that worked on each one, which is, I think, one of the advantages of this type of series or format is that we, this is, I'd say, one of the most diverse shows we've gotten in Star Wars in terms of styles mm-hmm, and right. themes and just all of it is very, very different. And as we'll talk about, some of that, I think, will become hit or miss depending on what your personal preferences are, but it makes for a, a very fascinating show to, to work through and watch. Mm-hmm. See, I... I appreciated the hand-drawn way it was done. My biggest thing, I've never been a fan of when you have a character and let's say like a flat background mm. that's filling in the, the the details of the character that doesn't move. Um, my eye just, just has a hard time following the actions that's going on. I really loved the idea of the lightsabers going into sheets and pulling out of sheets. I thought that was so outstanding mm-hmm. um i also had a little bit of of the over the top kind of drew me out of it especially when you had the the lightsaber that was the the multi-ended <laughs> yeah. lightsaber that went into a, the, the thing the that made it look like an umbrella. umbrella yeah and and when the thing spun i i'm looking at it going okay that did kind of remind me of the uh inquisitors but it also kind of reminded me of when it was coming down mary poppins so i <laughs> visually Visually, this episode was so stunning to watch, but I, I the, the way my eye worked within it, it was so hard to follow a lot of it because of the texture that was behind it when it came to the, the filling in of the, the actual character itself. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I hadn't actually considered that, but you're, 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 I think you make a really good point there. And, you know, I, uh, I feel very similarly with the, the over the top nature at times. I mm-hmm. think, and, and I'll I'll be upfront, right? Um, I am not a, a huge uh, anime guy. All right, I I, mm-hmm. I don't really watch it. Uh, I think, actually, I think this is only one of the second, maybe the second anime project I've watched. Um, the first being, uh, I think there was like a, uh, I forget, like a Halo related uh, anime project mm-hmm. as well that I, I watched. I don't know if that counts, William. <laughs> I, I don't think that counts either, right? And so my point is, I'm very new to anime. Um, that said, I think. You know, uh, there's there's definitely aspects of you know it being very over the top, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't yeah. necessarily, I don't really love personally. That said, I think a lot of the the production value and the the art and the talent that went into the, all these are are oh. are quite impressive. And so in my head, I tried to, I've been trying to separate out, like it's not personally my favorite art style slash genre. Um, and, and that makes it a little, a little bit harder, right? Cause it's, it's, I'll, I'll just be honest. I, I was less excited about the project going in just because it's not my favorite mm-hmm. area. That being yeah. said, it was, it was incredible to see the amount of talent on display, um, and, and kind of try to appreciate it for what it is. I think the other thing that might make it a little, um, maybe challenging for some people to, to get into at first is just the fact that 
in, in many ways, right, this is, you know, the Lucasfilm was up front. They, they've said in many of the documentaries, they gave the creators a blank check to do whatever they want in the Star Wars galaxy. And, you know, that comes up with some really cool stories, but they aren't, they don't fit into the normal Star Wars mythology. Some do more than others. I think Mm -hmm. uh, this one is a notable example, in fact, where they kind of swap Jedi and and, and Sith. Maybe we should talk about that more in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, the... They they gave the creators the ability to go do whatever they want, and as a result, again, you, you get some. It feels a little more fresh, a little different than you, than we're used to seeing Star Wars. But it also doesn't. In many ways, it kind of diverges off the path of what Star Wars is and what the Star Wars storytelling is. And so, at first, I was kind of struggling with this in my head, and then I realized it's basically like Lego Star Wars, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we all love Lego yeah, Star yeah. Wars, but Lego Star Wars is well. Sometimes it's completely just you know, out there and sometimes it's canon adjacent, right? Uh, but it kind of runs the gamut, but it's actually never canon. And when you look at it through that lens, I think, you know, it's just a, it's a series, uh, it's an anthology series of, of shorts exploring different concepts in the Star Wars universe, very similar to the Star Wars Visions book that had art that was kind of exploring random ideas in Star Wars. And so, right. That's how I've been kind of approaching the series is in trying to separate the over the topness of like the Vader lightsaber or the you know Maul lightsaber meme where like he has like a thousand blades appearing. That's literally almost what happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. From yeah, you know, yeah. yeah so it, this is so I have to agree, William, and I, I'll say um, also I, I think I've watched a little bit more anime than you, but probably not by a lot, and it's not it's not a medium I go to on a regular basis. Um, but I'll say, as a, as a whole, I think this was, in some ways, a refreshing Star Wars project. It mm-hmm. was it. You will not find another Star Wars project out there today that is as unique as this one is. Mm-hmm. Um, Lego Star Wars is maybe the closest, but it's a very different kind of approach. Lego Star Wars is, and I don't want to say it's a kids show, but it, it plays much more to that kind of audience and humor. Whereas this is. They vary, but I, they're meant to be taken more seriously, and it's just a question of uh, how do they want it, like how they choose to approach it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, right. Um, I actually think the and this is <laughs> I'm getting to the end of the our episode, but like I think my biggest issue I have with the series as a whole is it because it's all individual episodes, lots of interesting concepts are presented, and I never feel like they have quite enough time mm-hmm. to. Uh, explore them fully there's there were a number of these where i was like oh this would make for an interesting season of its own like you know four to six episode miniseries in in some cases right uh or i wish i had more time to connect with the characters and understand motivations and what's happening so i can care more about you know an emotional moment that seems to be happening on screen um i think the biggest weaknesses of of all of them even my least favorite is just that they're they're so short and they by design are just these kind of peeks into alternate universes or peeks into interesting stories and you just, you don't get the full effect of it. Yeah. And this, and this episode was, a, I thought a great example of that where we've got, um, I mean, William mentioned the Jedi and Sith swap. I don't, there wasn't a Jedi in this episode, right? Yeah. My, that was my field too. Like my, my read of it is you expect the Ronin, the kind of uh, main character, you ex- assume that he's a Jedi. We, it looks like it's going to be up. Yeah, we got a town. It's being attacked by bandits. The bandit is being led by a Sith warrior. Uh, and the Jedi is going to rise up and, you know, take out the bandits and the Sith. 
mm-hmm. and it ends up being very different. And the Ronin actually ends up being a, perhaps a rogue Sith, a Sith hunter. It's it's a little bit you know unclear. It's vague. Um, but it, I'll say like that was a twist there. I was like, oh, that is not what I expected. And the way the reveal as he pulls out the red lightsaber, you're like, oh, this is very different than what I was expecting going into this. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, since you guys kind of discussed about your backgrounds in anime, I I think between the three of us, I've I, I grew up with Speed Racer. I grew up with Kimba the White Lion. I I grew up with a there was a, a live action movie that was called Johnny Sacco and His Giant Robot. Uh, grew up with the Godzilla movies. You know, I, 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 I've watched Robotech. I've watched Voltron. I've watched, um, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. I respect Japanese animation. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big anime fan. Right. I have friends. That, yeah. I, I have friends of mine that really respect Kurosawa. They respect, uh, uh, Hal's floating castle because of how he takes his time telling the story. I, I respect all of Japanese animation because I, I like how they take things and just in some cases go so far in one direction, but still keep a story there like this one. Okay. Some of the stuff did appear to be, let's say over the top, but there was still a story there. It didn't, it, to me, even though it was kind of vague, what was going on, you could still see a story there. And to a certain extent, you're just like, I'd like to see a little bit more of this. Steven, I completely agree. There's a couple episodes within this. I wanted to see maybe a couple extra episodes, mm-hmm. especially, I, I, I'm going to say it now, I think my favorite one, The Ninth Jedi, I would love to see that expanded out a little bit more. Um, this one, this one may be two episodes, three episodes, but I, I respect what they did. But it also comes with a thing to where, by my eye and how this was done, it, it was kind of like the textures were, were fighting it with me and, and I enjoyed it. But I think the main purpose was, is when you had those lightsabers come out, your eyes were drawn to specific things by how all the textures were within the episode. Right. And especially when that, that big, you know, wow, Darth Maul umbrella came out, your eye literally went there. And then the big thing about the Ronin given the child, the, the, the child chief, the kyber crystal your eye was focused on when he had it in his robe your eyes were focused there so that's the one thing i appreciate about japanese animation when they want to focus you to focus on something it's there and this episode to me brought a lot of that to light yeah yeah there were a lot of really cool um you know ideas i think you mentioned sometimes you know in in the way in which they they fused like feudal japan with star wars and you know star wars has always had a a, a, a been influenced by japanese culture and uh, and of course westerns and you know kurosawa and everything uh and so there's that's that's very much in the dna of star wars um and so it's interesting to see how how you might take it and kind of go like okay well instead of being inspired by and having elements of star wars that are taken from that right um, even like last season of the Mandalorian, the whole, um, uh, in Ahsoka's episode, right. Very much inspired by Kurosawa. Um, in, and, uh, we see that in, you know, the, the, uh, in, in rebels, the, the fight between Maul and, and old Ben, right. Um, uh, there's, there's always these star Wars influences, uh, sometimes more, or these, these influences from Kurosawa, sometimes more overt than others. And we'll talk more about Kurosawa in one of the later vision shorts. 
Um, I think though going completely Kurosawa or, or, or these other inspirations sometimes for me ended up being a bit too far too much. Uh, whereas like, I think it works better as inspiration rather than direct, uh, I don't want to say copying, but direct, like very obviously, you know, influenced and uh, playing homage to it, but it's interesting to see. And, you know, we will be getting more, uh, at least for this short, well, we won't, we won't be seeing it on the screen. We will be getting more, uh, background on this, uh, the Ronin, uh, in this case, um, in the book that comes out in, in just a few days. And, That'll be very interesting as well, because again, you know, none of these stories are 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 canon, and yet this is one of the first books that's coming out that's not canon. Um, Stephen, you you mentioned a good, you know, you, I, I think you brought up a good point, right? Where everyone in this in this episode seemed to be Sith, and um, and I I mentioned the Jedi swap, and you're right, actually, it's not noticeable in this particular episode. Um, but in the 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 publisher summary for Ronin, a Visions novel, the very first sentence is: "The Jedi are the most loyal servants of the Empire." Two decades ago, Jedi clans clashed uh, in service to the feuding uh, service to feuding lords. Sickened by the end of the cycle, a sect oh, of weird. Jedi rebelled, seeking wow. to control their own destiny and claim uh, power in service to no master. They called themselves Sith. And then it talks about how like the Sith rebellion failed, but now the Jedi now serve the Empire. And wow. it, it almost is like, it's, it's almost flipping it, but I was expecting more of that. Cause I read the summary. I was expecting more of that in this episode. And so, yeah, when you find out they're all Sith and in, in some way, none of that cool. came through Yeah, because yeah. I, I had not read that before. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it's, I'm very curious to see how this, the book uh, expands. I think the t- first 25 pages of the book are, are tell the, st- retell the story of this episode and then the rest of it continues the Ronin's journey. And so I'm very interested to see what they do here, even though it's not canon, right? And it's just more right. inspired by, or it's a story, uh, you know, ba- uh, continuing the story of the Visions episode inspired by Star Wars. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think I think when we get to the end of this, that that's going to be something that I'd like to bring up about the inspired by Star Wars and not canon, but we still have other epi- episodes to get through. So um, have we covered this one? Oh. Should we go I, to the say, next? So I, I think because of how uh, focused each of these is, like there's a single, you know, story beat effectively. Most of our reviews today, I think, are going to be pretty short. Like mm-hmm. we spent right. a lot of time talking about visions as a whole for this one, but like it really is like Sith fight versus Sith, village and rubble end of episode. <laughs> yeah. They're all very, yeah. very straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think obviously, you know, I think there was a lot of uh, visions, foundational stuff that we wanted to get into in this particular one, and we'll we'll talk about more of that throughout the rest of the episodes too. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, yeah. and I guess I, one, one more thing I'll say: I did like the the boiling tea timer and how to add tension throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I also noticed. I don't know if you guys saw. Uh, it, there was a theater in the background behind during one of the the, the, in the that main courtyard. It looked almost like Grauman's or Mann's theater uh, in in L.A. and it had the A New Hope poster on the building in the background. Did you guys see that? I, oh, that's clever. I have to watch I that. I totally yeah. missed that. Yeah. I totally missed it too. Uh, so yeah, it, it was cool. It was you know there was some a lot of things to like. I think this particular episode was inspired by. Yojimbo and the Seven Samurai, uh, which of course inspired Star Wars in in many ways. Um, so yeah, it was it was so cool. I, I don't know. I 
I have a challenge for for both of you and for me. Okay. Uh, I I feel like we need to be rating each of these episodes, right? Yeah. Individually. Yes. Which also means yeah. we need to provide nine separate Womp Rat ratings. Oh gosh. I mean we do Womp one no, 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 one no, overall no, Womp Rat no. rating and we'll just yeah, thank you. just do numbers for uh, yeah. okay, unless you really okay. want to, Steven. But now I mean please. I would just want I wanted to see how long it took Tom's brain to like grind to a halt by trying a couple of things the Womp Rats are doing, but that's that's okay. I, I appreciate that. I totally appreciate that. That 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 I would I would possibly accept the challenge, but I think we want to keep this episode short. And if you needed my brain to kind of grind to a halt, the episode would be a lot longer than we all wanted it to be. <laughs> fair. So, just 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 time. So, yeah, I think since we're reviewing nine episodes, right? It's just, just yeah. for time. But yeah. Yeah. So Tom, how how would you rate this one? I I really I, I, I'm going to give it a six. I'm, I'm actually changing mine. I, I originally had it a five. I, I, I don't know. I, I, to, to get into this episode, I have to give it a six. So I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, I, I thought it was a very interesting one to kick off the series. I, I liked it more than the next one we're going to talk about. Um, but I, I give it a six. So Stephen, I'm going to put you on the spot. What did you give this one? So I think. I've gone back and forth a little bit on this one. I think at the end of it, I would probably give it a seven. Um, this is very much what I expected going into the series. Um, strong visual style, uh, a like relatively straightforward story with some like, I'm gonna say like bonkers kind of moments where like that kind of traditional anime like over the topness, which this one yep. certainly delivered on, but without overdoing it at least to my sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was enjoyable. Like it, I thought it was a, a decent enough episode and, you know, probably up in my, certainly in my top half as far as the entire show goes. Mm-hmm. So William, that, that just leaves you. Yeah. I, I agree with, you know, a lot of what you both said. I thought this was, uh, you know, it was a great way to kick off the, the series. Um, very visually stunning. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I kind of wish we'd gotten more of the story, but we'll get more of that in the book. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, there is that careful balance. And again, you know, as we're reviewing these and I'll just caveat this once and, you know, so I don't have to keep repeating this throughout our, our reviews of visions, you know, again, I think there's three different categories, right. I'm our factors. I'm kind of rating this on one is, you know, as a standalone work of art, regardless of my personal thoughts. Right. And then there's, Mm -hmm. okay, how does, how do I personally feel about this overall, and then in keeping in mind that, you know, anime is not necessarily my forte, but, uh, and my, my personal preference, but that's okay. Right. Not everyone has to love everything. Uh, there are a lot of people who don't like star Wars, um, uh, you know, just animation in general and th- thus missed out on the clone wars and rebels and <laughs> bad batch and all these fantastic, fantastic shows. Um, and then the third, uh, category, maybe it's not a category, but it's like, uh, you know, the third factor, at least in my mind, is like you know, I, I maybe this is a really category, but there's the there's that you know how like over the top is it, right? Because I think even if it's you know uh, not my f- personal favorite like art style, for example, if it goes a lot more over the top, I think I have a harder time buying it as part of like you know the official uh, an official Star Wars you know story. Um, Again, you know, you can look at it like Lego Star Wars, you know, where there's there's freedom to be more over the top. And I think that certainly helps. 
Uh, but there's mm-hmm. different different tra- different factors I'm trying to balance. As a work of art, I think this was very very good. Um, oh, stunning! You know, it was stunning. It was it was stunning. unique. Yes. It was refreshing. It was different. It was visually stunning, especially with the black and white with the colors of the the lightsabers popping and everything. Um, as my you know something I personally love. Uh, it's it's not quite as high on the list, and so I think overall I, I'd give it six and a half Womp Rats out of ten. Uh, very cool and uh, and visually stunning. Okay, that's the last time so, I'll caveat all that. But <laughs> okay, just so people know kind of where I'm coming from as I as I rate these. Yeah. Okay. So so the next up we have Tatooine Rhapsody by Studio Colorado Colorado. Uh, Stephen, would you like to take a crack at the director and writer? Yeah, so the director was Taku Kimura, and the writer was Yasumi Atarashi. And the synopsis, a band with big dreams must save one of their own from Jabba the Hutt and Boba Fett. So, I mean, the easy way, like, this was very obviously the one of the more out there ones, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on that scale we were talking about. Um, the core story here is that we have Jay, who seems to have been a Jedi Padawan at the time of Order 66, he escapes the Jedi Temple and lands himself in a, uh, uh, I'm going to call it a van, probably a VW, bug, or a VW van, if I had to guess, uh, with a hut named Guy. And they go on to form the uh, the most legendary band in the galaxy. Star Waver. It, it is a very odd it's- uh, episode. It, it's an odd episode, but the one thing that I appreciated it, appreciated of this, it used um, it used Tatooine because you got to see you know at least an homage to the pod racing scene because the whole amphitheater was there. You had Jabba the Hutt. You had familiar characters, especially bringing in Boba Fett and actually bringing in Tamara Morrison to do the voice for that character. So that was the one thing I appreciated about this one but man was this out there you know and i i appreciate that they were willing to take risks right you know, this they, they talked about it this being the one they were that was kind of the most risky the most out there the most experimental and it's basically you know a a you know 13 minute short about a Jedi who forms a band and then sings for Jabba you know <laughs> and rescues yeah. his friend and you know it's like it's like a rock opera inspired by the Ramones. I think specifically Blitz, Blitzkrieg Bop and like a '70s garage band. It's out there. It's kind of cool. I think you know, but ultimately, I it was probably my least favorite of the of the bunch. Um, but I appreciate the risks that they took uh, for sure. And you know, it's cool to see Boba Fett. It's some big voice actors. I think Jay is voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, Bobby Moynihan returns um, first, you know, of course, in uh, in Resistance as as Geezer uh, now in this in this short. Um, and of course, Tamara Morrison as Boba Fett. So like, it, it's the the cast is really good, uh, mm-hmm. and the, the music is is certainly catchy and and um, and and definitely you know more unique. So it's it's a it's fun. I guess it's it's more out there, but it's fun. Can you imagine so, the music being played at Galaxy's Edge uh, by uh, by uh, um, <laughs> Captain Rex inside uh, inside the bar? Right. <laughs> yeah, I I could see it. Yeah. Anyway, so I didn't want to interrupt you, Stephen. Go ahead. No, so so well, you said this was one of your least favorite episodes, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm curious if this were 
so to me, uh, I'll agree that like this, um, this was one of the more out there ones, but like we're gonna talk about the twins next, which was probably oh, ranked yeah. lower oh, for yeah. me in many ways. This one felt to me like if this had, if you if they'd done this as a Lego episode, I would it would have felt exactly the same to me. This was about yeah. the right level of oh, this is weird that I think I was expecting and okay with. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I agree. I would, agree. Yes, would, I agree with you too. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. It's so weird. I'll say my one, I think, issue with this one is they kept, like, obviously Jay's lightsaber seems to be his microphone. I kept expecting, like, mm-hmm. a big moment where it's he was going to reveal that, you know, he the microphone is a lightsaber. And that was going to somehow be important as they maybe escape Java. Uh, right. Never happens. No, Java well, becomes I, their sponsor. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, why and not? I, their music was really good. Java and, needs and, a, and a hit band. And I hate to say this, I expected the lightsaber to accidentally ignite while he was singing. I mean, oh, gosh. it's it was I, I you know what? I, that's what I expected. I actually got a kick out of when when they're sitting there and they have the firing squad of the bounty hunters sitting there in front of Ghee because Jabba's going to take him out, and then all of a sudden you hear him fire. But you see it. I, I this is it's one of those things in which, and this this is the thing about Japanese animation. There really was no animation to the characters. It's just you see the barge raise up. With those three, you know, firing squad guys, and then you cut away, you hear the fire, and then you see that Gee's still alive, and then they just slowly disappear. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I crazy as it is, I got a little little bit of a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I almost don't even know what else to talk about with this one. Like it, it is a very kind of cut and dried. Yeah. Uh, approach the episode like yeah yeah what, what would Jedi, you give it Jedi Padawan, sorry what would you give it then uh i would actually give this one i think like uh i think i'm just gonna give it a six honestly like this one i when i when this one when i'd seen the trailer for visions and i saw like the band in uh the boon eve classic um i was or sorry, the would be racetrack. I was much more concerned that I was not going to enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. And I came out like, yeah, it was fine. I, I thought it was enjoyable. I didn't think it was too crazy. And it, you know, it was, I thought it was entertaining enough. So it, it honestly didn't bother me in the slightest. William, what do you want to give it? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, this was, um, it was yeah. I appreciate the experiments. It was kind of out there, but um, it was it was good. I guess you know. I I don't know. I I was I kind of go back and forth on on it. I, I appreciated how experimental it was. I thought the music was cool. Uh, I think you're right. Had this been in Lego Star Wars, I think it would have just felt like a Lego Star Wars like goofy you know spinoff. I think part of the problem is it. I I feel like the whole show is almost presented slightly more seriously than. Than Lego Star Wars, yeah. and I think that's what that's what that's creates true. this that that's very this true dissonance yes. in my head of like why is it you know uh, why does it feel more at home in Lego Star Wars for whatever reason um, yeah but it was really it, it was it was neat I think the music was really catchy and uh, yeah I think overall um, I'm gonna give it uh, I'd probably give it yeah f- uh, a five out of out of ten for me uh, five Womp Rats it was you know entertaining for sure. Um, how about you, I, I'm going to have to, it, it, it's funny because I literally have been sitting here changing my score the whole time as we've been discussing this, because it was actually lower than what I'm going to give it. 
I'm going to go middle ground with this. I'm going to give it five because I do agree. Yes, it is something that really should be fitting in with um, Lego Star Wars. And it's really funny how this followed the, the, the first one, how it was very serious. And all of a sudden it went kind of like comical. Mm-hmm. And then it almost creates like I a guess, whiplash of, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, Stephen, you mentioned the next one coming up, the, the, the twins. Um, I think out of all of them, the twins is the one that to me was the most over the top. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let, so, let's, let's, well, should we yeah, get into that ahead. one? Pardon? Shall we, shall we talk about the twins then? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I didn't mean to, to transition into it, but we are going to talk about the twins. This was yeah. done by Trigger Studio. Well, uh, Stephen, would you like to to take care of the director writer? Yeah, I would be happy to. So the director was Hiroyuki Imaishi, uh, and the writer was Hiromi Wakabayashi. And the synopsis: Twins born into the dark side clash about a massive star destroyer. Uh, yeah, this one was weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That... This this was the like, why do we have like we have two characters without helmets fighting in space and I <laughs> my brain's hurting a little bit. Yeah. Well, I it... go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, okay. The first couple minutes I absolutely loved. I loved the way it was yep. shot and the way it was introduced. And I, I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be my favorite of them all. I I am I am here for this. This is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. um the story of these two twins also um both, you know, born of the power of the dark side, um, and kind of like one realizing that what they're doing is wrong and kind of breaking away. All of that stuff I thought was absolutely fascinating i love the 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 concept of the show so mm-hmm. much and then it kind of went way over the top and that's oh, why i'm like God. kind of like of two minds it's, you know uh it's that yeah. moment i think when they're in the hangar um and uh kare who is the the male twin who is mm-hmm. i he didn't really he maybe went on the good side like i don't it yeah, his have, lightsaber is blue, I but I I don't know that the rest of him was any like particularly you know major just, on that. And he he escapes with his X wing, and then is it it was it Om Am? I don't remember how her name was Am, pronounced. Yeah, yeah, and like there's this moment where she's pulling the X wing back in. I'm like, oh, like we've this is kind of episode nine ish with Ray mm-hmm. pulling, you know, and then it cuts to her like on the outside of the stars. Where I'm like. Okay, we're going there. Okay, yeah. this is yeah. this is what's and, happening. And on top of that, you've also got uh, Carr. I think he's on the X-wing with his lightsaber. So so just cuts through everything. He, he literally it's, slices it's, a star destroyer. In half. Yeah, and, <laughs> and 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 the the crazy thing is, I it was an interesting concept that you've got the 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 star killer weapon dead center between these two star destroyers. I thought that was an interesting concept. Instead of having it in in, in a planet, you know, or let's say a, a moon, that's no moon, it's a space station, but at least it's in the middle of two Star Destroyers. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And you've got one on one side, one on the other, and both of them need to, to pull a trigger to fire the thing in the center. It just went so left yeah. field for me. So I, I've got a question for you. Um, for I, me I, or Steven or both everybody? Of you. Okay. Okay. So, from what I understand, Kare and Am, Kare, by the way, voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, and Am by Allison Breeze. Again, some great voice talent here. Um, Kare 
and and were both born to the dark side and i got the impression they they had lived with the yep. empire their whole lives that's the impression i got too and then all of a sudden kari has a x-wing in the hangar and i'm like where do you get, where do you get this x-wing i thought he just had this realization and was like changing his mind maybe i shouldn't be on this on the on the you know side of the empire and all of a sudden, he's got like an X-wing parked in the hangar. I'm like, where'd that come from? And he's yeah, got a blue lightsaber. Also, and I'm like, wait, hold on, where's I, I this stuff there coming were also, from? There were other Republic ships in there too. I swear, I saw an, uh, an A-wing in there as well. Maybe they'd captured so, it. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I, just, I. It seemed to kind of be uh, all over the place. Like this, and I, and a lot of times I think this was a good thing, but a lot of these episodes seem to pull very liberally from some of the most iconic visual imagery that we get out of mm-hmm. Star Wars. So like we, this one had did a lot with the ships. It did a lot with uh, like more lightsaber stuff, like General Grievous style. Um, we another one that I appreciated. Uh, what was that? I had another thing I was about to say that I appreciated. But, oh, the like we got to see a lot of the like freezing of lightsaber uh, mm-hmm. or not lightsaber of like blast bolts and air, clearly you know inspired by the uh, what do you call it the uh, Kylo Ren sequence in uh, Episode Seven. Yeah, where he freezes. Uh, yeah. We, the we yeah. had the hyperspace ram, you know, visual imagery from this one. I think it was like this was just like there's the moment where. Kare standing on the nose of his X-Wing upside down, but they're in space. So it doesn't matter that he's upside down, but he's outside of his X-Wing. So right. it kind of does matter. Uh, he's and his lightsaber using... becomes like this giant, you know, well, this giant just, just blade. A giant, giant buzzsaw. Just saws everything yeah. in half. And it, I, uh, it just went a little far for me is I think what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it just went a little too over the top for me as well. I, kinda, I mean, I, I don't uh, mind it sometimes, but man, did this one go over the top. Yeah, and you know, to be fair, like the team at Trigger, you know, they explicitly said they wanted to do something bombastic and over the top, and they definitely accomplished that. Um, and yeah, and I, I really liked the 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 whole concept of the of the short for sure. Um, you know, but like there was yeah, like. Some Kare somehow getting like four or four to eight arms and lightsabers coming out of nowhere and <laughs> everything. I was like, "Whoa, what is happening?" Yeah, I, I kind of wish it had been like the first five minutes. The rest of the time, and it probably would have been my favorite short of them all. Mm-hmm. That said, yeah, you I, know, I still, and this is where it starts getting weird. And maybe you could argue I don't have a lot of uh, internal consistency, but like. Uh, uh, while I don't tend to like the over the top, and this is definitely not my favorite of the shorts, I, I actually kind of overall I still enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. Um, and so you know, I don't know. I I'd probably give it six out of ten Womp Rats. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I, I'm I, I'm to me it was just a little too over the top. I'm sorry. I got to give it four. <laughs> This right, is one so that I'm I, not sitting here changing. I'm not changing as we're going. This one, <laughs> I, I, I'm standing on a solid four. Steven. This, yeah, I'm also going to give this one a four. Um, and this is, so like, a little behind the scenes look. Obviously, we have a chat where, you know, we'll just discuss episodes and things as they're coming out and, you know, talk about how we feel about them. You two both finished uh, this series far before I did. 
Um, I certainly didn't finish it, you know, just today as we're recording. (laughs) Uh, And so I I avoided, and you guys avoided any specific spoilers, but I got the sense that you were iffy on some of these. And up until this point, I was like, I mean, I can see where like William may not have been a big fan of like the, the rock band episode. Um, (laughs) This was one where I was like, Oh, this one's a little bit tough for me to swallow. Um, and it's yeah, as you said, it like wait, it's it's purely a does it jive with your own personal sense of what what these look and like should look like? But it was yeah, this one was a little bit tougher for me, so I'll, I'll give this one a four. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. next we have the Village Bride by Kinema Citrus. Um, this was on the longer end at eighteen minutes. It was directed mm-hmm. by Hitoshi Haga and written by Takihoto. Uh, Unishi and Hitoshi Haga. And in this episode, a Jedi on the run takes in the unique customs of a remote village under threat by a warlord. So this one is, uh, you know, these all have a, an element of battle in some way, you know, and, and fighting. Uh, ultimately, they kind of end up with a big fight. But this one is is, is probably the most unique in that it is, uh, it, it's much quieter for the mm-hmm. most part, much slower and thoughtful. Yeah. And it's really all about a wedding, really. And, and, you know, watching these, these you know, these two characters, Haru and Asu. Uh, Asu, by the way, voiced by Christopher Sean, who plays uh, Kaz in Resistance. Um, it, you know, as they kind of go up this mountain uh, to have their wedding and, and kind of what happens with the the background right where this the separatists had originally stripped the planet and and then left a, the droid army behind and then marauders repurposed the droid army and tried to plunder the village and kidnap the chief and of course his granddad Uharu the the titular character of the village bride you know eventually like agrees to go in his place all this interesting background but it really is mostly about them like connecting with um their uh, their customs and nature as they prepare for this wedding Mm-hmm. yeah I, this was one where i think it i think they probably did the best job of writing a story that felt engaging uh, i thought that was a challenge for a lot of these just based on the amount of time that they had to tell you know each episode as you said this one's a little bit longer and i think it spends more time connecting you with the characters to kind of uh you know try and make that mm. i think come across better um it was yeah it was an interesting episode um i, don't, I almost don't even know how to describe this one in a lot of ways and and to tell you the truth i'm having a hard time just like you are yeah well i mean I, you I, know yeah I, I think the i i have to say i really like the music in this one uh i thought the music was beautiful and there was a now, an interesting dynamic here with like the uh, Haru's sister Saku, who you know kind of wants to fight back and and protect the um, protect her her sister. One thing I thought was interesting though is like aside from you know some Jedi robes, the the their outfits didn't really look very Star Wars, which is fine. You know, it's a different planet, but even mm-hmm. like overall the episode especially in the first half didn't really feel that star warsy except for like the random a random probe droid laying around or or or, or you know or the robes occasionally um so it was, it was definitely the most probably uh, different you know than what you typically expect from star wars 
kind of like kind of like the most un Star Wars out of all the episodes. Yeah, yeah. other than the little hints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like they, they have, yeah. I guess, other other terms for the Force, uh, Magina instead of the Force. Um, but there's some certainly some really cool moments as well. Um, uh, like when that, when the, the master Valco, you like kind of throws his, his helmet and kind of t- turns into a rocket and blows up the separatist ship or the, the Marauder ship, whatever it was. Um, but as, is it interesting short? I, I not my, yeah. again, not my favorite, uh, but, uh, but certainly a different aesthetic and different style. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, uh what would we rate? Well, go ahead. I was gonna say I I did like that the what was did we actually get the name of the main character Haru the the bride or or the main, no the oh F the Jedi woman F is it just F just okay. letter F yeah um I did appreciate the the development of her character um it's one of the few episodes like I said where I feel like they really got some pieces of in where she seems to be you know perhaps a veteran she's withdrawing herself from the force and I, I liked how this episode told a story about kind of bringing her back in to, you know, make a difference, you know, you know do the Jedi thing. So I thought that worked mm. pretty nicely. But anyway, what would you give this one, William? Oh, uh, overall, I think I give it five out of 10 womp rats. Um, you know, it's again, not, not, it's in the lower half, I think of my favorite episodes. Um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was unique and it was interesting. Right. And I, and mm. there's some fascinating characters in there. How, how about you, Steven? Um, I think I'd give this probably a six. Um, it felt a little bit long and a little bit slow in the beginning. Um, but all I, I think I would acknowledge because I was watching a lot of these in a row, um, having this one be a little bit slower after coming from the previous, like very bombastic was a little bit of a, a, a shift, which is, is harder when you're watching it in that way. Um, right. so, yeah, I think I'd give it a six out of 10. It, it, I thought it was solid. I I agree with William. I'm giving this one a five, but I also agree with you, Stephen. I think if you talk about how Filoni does his his storytelling, this was the breather episode between the bombastic bombastic one before and this one, and then when we get to the next one, the Ninth Jedi by production IG, um, this is where I think I I, I this was one of my favorites. Oh so, yes, yeah. Di- writer director Kenji Kamiyama did a phenomenal job yeah uh on this one and you know i'm actually really excited to talk about this one you know this is this was actually originally two different shorts that they combined because they, they had time limitations they ended up combining them into really? a single episode because they just love the two concepts so much and so production ig was given permission to have an extra long episode at 22 minutes hmm. uh, i think typically they were asked to do like you know i think uh, five to twelve minutes, I think the it was mm-hmm. uh, ten to fifteen minutes. Sorry, uh, but they were allowed to go twenty two minutes in in this case. Um, but really, this episode is all about a the daughter of a lightsaber smith who is pursued by dark forces while on a dangerous mission, and um, it, it really tells the two different stories, which makes sense, right? It was originally two two different concepts. Mm-hmm. One is, uh, and I think the you know I guess maybe the 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 a plot or something right is this concept that's been generations since the jedi existed and lightsabers are lost to the galaxy right way 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 post you know all the films and the sith are now trying to hunt down all the suspected jedi and so this jedi named 
Ethan follows a coded homing beacon and finds six other masterless Jedi at the Ariel Temple, and this large droid who says this 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 character named Margrave Juro who called them all there will will arrive soon. And they don't really know is Margrave Juro is it a trap can, or can he be trusted? Right? It's and, and you know they all want to show up and get these lightsabers from the Margrave. Really mm-hmm. fascinating concept. And 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 yeah. I don't know. And then meanwhile you have this girl Kara whose father is the lightsaber um, maker, the lightsaber smith uh, named Lazima. Uh, and, um, you know, he sends Kara and uh, and Four Nines, her droid, to the Astra- Ariel Temple to deliver the lightsabers and, and kind of her journey. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I thought was the coolest thing. There, there's two things. One, because for me, it, there, there to me, there was kind of a twist in here. But the one thing I really appreciated was, in this case, they took the lightsaber to a different direction to where the pedal and, and master don't build their own sabers. There's an actual lightsaber smith. Mm. And then I think the coolest thing about that, and I think there was the explanation of that once a Jedi gets that lightsaber, then the blade changes color, which brings up the point yeah. when it came to the daughter Kara, hers was clear, which I thought that was something that I, I never thought of when it came to a saber, that there could ever be a clear saber. No, yeah, I thought it was trying to figure out a way to build one. <laughs> I thought it was a neat concept. I think yeah. the thing I loved about this one is, um, and I even said this out loud as I was watching this episode. So it starts, Ethan arrives, there's a number of other uh, Jedi who are w- also waiting for Margrave, and they play the hologram from Margrave, you know, asking him to come to this location. And I obviously am like, oh, he looks evil. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, trust the invitation to an isolated asteroid from the man wearing a like a Vader esque mask. That's mm-hmm. certainly not going to end poorly for any of these people. Uh, and the twist, and it goes hand in hand with what you're talking about, Tom. Where all the lightsabers are handed out to the various Jedi that are there, and they ignite them, and they're all red. And there's that. It takes a moment. I was like. Oh yeah. yeah, and the reveal. Yeah. Oh, most of these are not Jedi, but Sith. Fantastic! Right, like, but did not see that coming. Amazing twist. Amazing yep. twist. But but was I also correct? The other twist I liked was the actual gentleman himself that called them there. I thought the trap was he was the Sith. He ended up being uh, light side. Mm-hmm. So he ended up being like you know the, the the Jedi out of all of them. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I, I loved it. And it just the whole concept of lightsabers turning and then Kara, you know, initially always she wants to be a Jedi, but she has really no force ability. And that's why her her lightsaber's clear. And then, you know, throughout the story, her lightsaber, you know, becomes, you know, changes from clear to green. And she kind of takes her place as the ninth Jedi, you know, under Juro's tutelage. Like, really cool stuff. I love the concept of this so much. Didn't a couple of the other quote unquote Sith, the ones that didn't die, am I, do I remember correctly? One of them, the change color of the saber actually changed to blue. Yeah. So technically he was called back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, he, and there's a moment where he, uh, Margrave is talking to him and says like, you know, I, I didn't think you were one of them. And he's like, I'm sorry. I, like, I was overwhelmed by all the negative energy that was here right. or the, the dark side energy. Corrupted. Right. And, and that I think is one of the coolest concepts when it comes to this one is that because of the negative energy there, that technically he kind of, because he had the negative energy, kind of went with the flow of the force. But once that negative energy disappears, 
he went back to being, you know, a standard Jedi, which I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally, again, this is probably one of the, you know, most fascinating episodes and the, um, you know, I kind of wish we'd gotten more of this. Like I would have loved to see like the book be based on this. Cause I I feel like this makes the most sense in the, like, I feel like this could be canon adjacent, right? Of all the stories, this is one of the ones that feels the most, um, you know, uh, grounded in, in some ways. Um, not every, every single bit, but I just, I loved every aspect of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, we see, I think Kara's story was maybe slightly less, um, her journey. It was slightly less entertaining overall. I think we, we see her father Lazima die and then she kind of, uh, tries to get up to the aerial temple by like recruiting a tea drinking droid pilot, you know, um, interesting. And I thought that, yeah. I, say, I thought that was, that was a great example of what I call like whimsy to add in yeah. here. Like, is yeah. it, is it silly? Absolutely. But it yeah. worked, but it's entertaining. Yeah. It works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think the, sh- the ship was pretty slow getting up to the temple, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't one of those really fast ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I think the fact that this, the, 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 this concept of these lightsabers being these like inspiring things that have been lost to time feels very um, uh, Force Awakensy in some ways about like, oh you're the Jedi right you know that kind of that that awe that wonder um, yeah and then of course the twist as we talked about making the Jedi look like Sith and the Sith look like Jedi which was an intentional decision on the the filmmakers part all fantastic stuff so I, yeah by far this was my favorite of of the shorts yep. So I'm going to give this one, I'm going to start the rating. This one for me, I definitely gave an eight. I really appreciated this one. And I agree. I think when it comes to the book, this one out of all of them, I'd love to see them explore a little bit more. Yeah. So Steven, what would you give it? Uh, I think I'd also give this one an eight. This was also my favorite. Uh, yeah. I literally everything Tom just said, but again, yeah. I, I actually I'll make it unanimous. I was going back and forth between seven and a half and an eight, and you know what? I think this one deserves an eight because it's it's just it was very well done. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, it was very well done. Uh, you know, again, you know, um, I I think I I tend to prefer Luke's film animation's typical animation style. Um, but I, overall, I just I really loved this. This yeah. this was definitely the best. So yeah, this one that one was yeah really good and actually that that dovetails into another one of the one another one of the shorts i really liked um uh t21b um t01b by science saru it was directed by abel gangora and written by uchiro kid and in this episode a, a cybernetic boy who dreams of being a jedi discovers a dangerous truth about his creator and, and this one reminded me a lot of um. Oh shoot! What's the the old, the old classic Ast- Smurfs Astro Boy, Astro, Astro, Astro Boy, like almost yep. like Smurf style characters, you know, animation style. Um, I really liked it. It's all about this this droid named Toby who dreams of being a Jedi, and you know his prof he kind of has helping this professor Mataka terraform the planet or at least grow life on this desolate planet, and he kind of goes on this this search first for kyber crystals and then he gets told about the force and tries to go find the force and it's really cute trying to see him look for the force as a physical object Mm -hmm. you know um and you know eventually he goes into 
the forbidden place, the basement of his master's, of his, of the professor's facility. And we find out there's a skyhopper in there that, of course, he accidentally sends a signal and gets picked up by the Empire, and the Empire comes, and there has, there's this big battle, and Professor Mataka dies, but in the process, 2-1-B actually becomes a Jedi and eventually is able to kind of create life on this planet and fulfill his master's um his master's vision. And so I really liked it. Now, I think the concept of a droid becoming a Jedi is a little out there, but I thought it was a cute story overall. Well, what did you guys think? I, I, I do have one question. Is it Toby or did I read it as T-O-B-1, like Obi-Wan? It, it might be. I, I think officially he's called Toby. Um, okay. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. I... In, uh, I agree with a lot of the stuff you said. I think it was just really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really all I can say about it. Steven, why don't you take it up from here? No, I, that's, I think I like this one a little bit less. Um, and I think it was just like, yeah, it was, it was cute. Like it was interesting. It just, I don't know. It, I didn't quite feel like it clicked for me in the same way, honestly. Um, yeah, I thought it was enjoyable. My my biggest question is, I, I'm really curious what the time scale for this episode was. Because mm-hmm. um, Toby's, like, the goal, uh, Mataka's goal, that his father figure, father, I guess, is trying to, like, bring life to this planet. Um, and so we see him growing plants, and, you know, Toby completes the mission before moving on. Right. Um, it takes a long time to, like, convert a planet to be livable. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm... I am pretty curious how long it, the this episode took place over, and if it, this was actually like, I mean, it could conceivably hundreds, if not thousands, of years, especially if they're you know all droids. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would, I would think you'd have to do the suspension of disbelief with this. Oh, uh, sure. I mean, the time scale doesn't even—it's not even that important in the grand scheme of things. But it was, yeah. that was my, I think, interesting note. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I just, I just, I just talk. found it to be—it was out of all these episodes. It was kind of like the same as the rock, the, the rock band one in the second, uh, the second episode. This one was just a little bit more cutesy mm-hmm. in style and story. So it worked, you know, for what it was. Yeah, it felt a lot to me like a, like a Saturday morning cartoon. You wake up yeah. on Saturday morning yep. and watch and. Um, you know, I know they, they talked about how it was inspired by Pinocchio and stylistically more like classic Disney and Mobius inspired backgrounds. Um, I, so I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I think it was a neat and I, a neat, a neat short. I feel like you really, you really, even though it's only 14 minutes, you felt the emotion like when, you know, uh, the professor, uh, died, for example, mm-hmm. uh, or when the inquisitor came and they fought the inquisitor, really cool stuff. Right. And it was you know, kind of cool to see him think of himself when he dreams as like a real boy compared yes. to the robot. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. that that was kind of cool to see that happening because it, it, it does make you feel like you mentioned it was like the Pinocchio thing. Well, he wanted to be a real boy. Well, now it's like in the dream, he actually was a real boy. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, I, I, I think I'd give this one a seven out of 10 Womp Rats. Okay. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. How about you, I, Steven? I think I give this one, I, I think a six out of 10. Um, mm. I did. I thought it was fine. It, it was probably middle of the pack for me. I didn't, I didn't have active like or dislike for it in a lot of ways. Tom. Okay. 
I, I'm splitting the difference between the two of you. I'm giving it a six point five. I, I I thought it was I thought it was cute, but I think it was just that just that little too cute. Especially when I do remember the spot where I think Toby was like on the ground and he had all these little his little robot friends come up around him and they're just like yay. I'm like <laughs> yeah. To me that was just like a, a, a tad too cute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean celebrate, but yeah. Yeah. Well, William, you want to tell us about the next one? Yeah, next we have The Elder. It's the second short by Trigger, uh, and it was written and directed by Masahiko Otsuka. And this episode focuses on a Jedi and his Padawan as they pursue a dark and powerful presence. Um, And this one gave me, like, you know, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon vibes almost, right? Mm -hmm. I I, I can almost picture Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan on this on this mission where they're, they're in a, they're either, they're on, they're on a, on a, on a mission in their, in their starship and they, they have this bad feeling. And so they visit this mysterious planet Habo and, um, and kind of go on this adventure and, and, and meet this, this old ancient Sith. And, uh, it was, it was, it was interesting, right? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was kind of middle of the pack for me overall. Um, mm-hmm. but it was, a if I, it felt like something that I, I would, you would find in the prequels. You know that I'm going to say this. The the thing that kind of bothered me about this one is the artwork looked a little bit too much like some of the artwork you saw from um, Star Wars: The High Republic novels that came out. They were some of the original uh, visual development stuff that came out, and especially the the Padawan artwork reminded me of like one of the the pieces that I saw, and the 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 master was kind of like. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, okay. Very <laughs> yes. self-spoken. I, I mean, he's I, almost I, seemed I, bored, honestly. Like I yeah, David you. Harbour plays thank him you. and I I thought there was a lot of exposition right up at the front and yeah. David Harbour, he's a great actor, but yeah. he sounded so bored as thank the master. You. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Yeah. And and I think the only thing that that with this one that made it interesting was when you actually saw the elder appear. And and it, it it's remember I said at the top of the show it's like that when it comes to Japanese animation they take their time telling the story they let the story breathe this was one in which you could really see that style to where it was slow it was you know I, I'm not going to say very deliberate in what it, how it was moving but it, it it just it was slow enough until it got to the point where the elder showed up and then boom it seemed like everything started taking place. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I thought the the fight was, you know, was was interesting. The um, you know, the the old man, the who's the you know, kind of the 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 ancient Sith. It was a um, I found it interesting. He was he was so old. They actually uh, they talked about in, in many ways that he was he was weak because he was old. And had he been younger. Um, you know, things would have been different and the two probably would have died. The Jedi probably would have died, which is an odd, an odd message it was, in some ways. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was the one. That's where I think I was most thrown off from this. It wasn't, you know, good triumphs over evil. It wasn't, you know, caution and preparation. It was, ah, he's old. It's yeah. a, it, was a, it felt very <laughs> old <laughs> as a, a concept. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. It was yeah. It was it, it, it was an odd message to take away from the from yeah. the short. I guess I'll say. Yeah, I still love the look of that lightsaber as the katana blade. I, I have to throw that out there again. I would love to see at some point somebody create one of those because that actually is pretty cool to see it that way instead of like you know the expanding blade of a lightsaber because I I it kind of reminds you of the dark saber, but mm-hmm. to see it red like that is just really cool. Yeah, yeah. I was also surprised that Dan died but then somehow uh, it looked like he was dead I, maybe not that was how i kind of brought it. i was like oh maybe he didn't actually die i i totally thought he did it first as well and then it mm-hmm. you know he seemed to to not stay dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, uh that kind of surprised me a bit but you know not a not a problem i guess it just seemed a bit odd yeah um but yeah, I don't know, overall, I thought it was a decent short. Um, I'd probably give it six Womp Rats out of ten. Um, I liked the Master Padawan relationship quite a bit, uh, even though there was a lot of exposition and uh, David Harbour sound kind of bored and mm. <laughs> the message was a bit odd. But, you know, it was yeah. cool. It, 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 felt like, it felt like one of the old, I don't know, Jedi Apprentice books you would have gotten. Yeah, I, so I'm also going to give it a six, and I think you nailed it. It, it did feel like a Jedi Apprentice book. Master and Apprentice land on a planet. Something weird has happened. Obi-Wan makes a mistake because he's young and impetuous, and mm-hmm. we learn, you know, a lesson is learned in the end. I would have loved a different lesson to be learned, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, so be it. Okay. I, I'm going to make it unanimous. It's it's six across the board. So I, I, it, it, it is what it was. I mean, it was it was a good episode. But, you know, it just it was just a little slow for my taste. Yeah. Now, the next one I thought was interesting because you had Lop and Ocho uh, by Gino Studio. Um, William, want to take the director writer? Yes, this is written by Yuki Igarashi and written by Yasumi Atarashi and Sayawaka. And um, this is really all about a family that's torn about what to do when the Empire encroaches on their plan and at first i'll be honest at first i i was not expecting to like this episode right um mm-hmm. i think the you know the the most i famous uh piece of this really is the fact that lop one of the you know the two title characters is a uh, a lepus carnivorous or a bunny like jackson right and it, it's kind of out there but i found that this was a a story with a lot of heart yeah. And I actually ended up really enjoying this short. And it really tells the story of this family, uh, Yasaburo, uh, the father, and Ocho, uh, the daughter, who um, come across Lop, uh, this orphan, and they and they take her in and raise her and make her part of the family, and the two grows girls grow up becoming best friends and you know many 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 years later the empire arrives and um you know at that point yasaburo wants to the father wants to resist the empire but ocho thinks the only path forward is to side with them and she actually makes a deal but behind her father's back and this was kind of really tears the family apart and Mm -hmm. it's a it's a wonderful uh wonderful story and i I thought the the whole thing was very well done i know what what, what did you guys think it's a wonderful story, but it went in a place that I didn't expect mm. to have, 
you know, Ocho be the one that basically sides with the Empire. I never, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. At all. And especially when you've got sisters against each other, when they first adopt her, it's like, oh, let's take a photo of the three of us. We're now a happy family. Hey, look at this. And then you did kind of feel the pain of Lop just like trying to plead with her sister. Come on, what's going on here? I, I this was, this was probably my second favorite episode. Mm-hmm. Same, actually, same. Yeah. Steven, what, what did yeah, you think? Yeah, Steven. I bounced off this one hard. <laughs> oh, oh, and I, oh. I bounced nice. I, yes. Oh God. Okay. Let's not intended. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know that there's anything I can specifically point to. It just, I felt kind of frustrated because, um, it, I think it was Ocho. Like I just, I didn't, I just didn't care. Is <laughs> I think the best way for me to frame it. Like, it seemed like Ocho was being dumb and not and by siding with the Empire, yeah. and it just all seemed kind of like why why is this happening? Um, and I and I, this sounds horrible, but it was just I think because I didn't end up uh, empathizing with the characters, it just mm-hmm. was probably I did not enjoy this one nearly as much. So, like me, I could see this as a four episode show to actually finish the story out you'd be like yeah i think i'm good yeah yeah Yeah. okay um yeah no i i overall i really um i enjoyed it um Mm -hmm. and i i I agree with you you know i think steven there was some definitely some uh odd choices but ultimately i I just really enjoyed this story. Uh, for whatever reason, I ended up getting more invested in it, and I liked how you mm-hmm. know we see Ocho, you know, don the white imperial uniform, and they have this big fight, and she ends up, you know, basically cutting out her father's eye, and it's like really like serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the the ending was probably the most surprising though, and just that it kind of ends on a weird, unfinished note, where. Uh, you know, the Ocho is wounded but escapes, and Lop basically says, Oh, I'm gonna go after, I'm gonna find her. Um, and that's it, right? And I, the, the, the filmmakers talked about this concept of, called uh, wabi sabi, where this feeling of like something missing yet also harmonious, and they kind of wanted it to, to end like that. Um, you know, that you know, Lop will go after Ocho again and try to mm-hmm. save her. Um, yeah, so I found that the uh, the ending was definitely more unusual, but overall, this was still one of probably one of my favorites. Um, I, for whatever reason, I I was fully expecting this to be one of my least favorites. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would like to talk to the directors because I, I get the feeling I, I I get what they're saying with the feeling that something's missing, but I'd like them to try and explain the yet harmonious because it seems like because Ocho's the one that left. Lop is the one that's going to go try and find her. It, it didn't seem too harmonious to me. It felt almost like um, heartbreaking because this this relationship between the two sisters is so mm-hmm. they're on different sides of a line. And and how I mean, you want to take a look at the twins on two separate lines. These guys at least aren't running around with huge lightsabers blowing up things like crazy. It's just you've got literal heartbreak here. Yeah, that. That, that these two sisters now have a totally broken relationship and Lop is the one that's trying to, to, to get it back. I, 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 I don't 
see the the harmony there. I kind of took it as almost like this endless cycle, or you know, they'll they'll continue to try to help each other. Yeah, I, yeah, I I agree. I I don't fully fully get yeah. it, but yeah, I don't know. Steve, yeah, what, what did you think of this? Uh, ultimately, how 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 where would you? I put think this I probably episode? I probably drop it a five. I didn't enjoy this one a ton. I appreciate what they're trying to do. It just it didn't land for me personally. Yeah, it makes makes sense. I was, uh, you know, like you, I was uh, trying to, try to figure out how to work in the word hop instead of hope. Um, I don't know. You, know. you were ready to hop on board with me. Exactly. But, uh... There you go. There you go. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, Tom. So what are you oh well, I I'm giving it a seven. Okay, I I out of all these episodes. This was my second favorite episode. Yeah. I I would, again, this is one in which I would like to see a little bit of the story continue. And then I think I'm done with it. And I'd be satisfied with a full story out of this. Mm-hmm. So I could actually see this being a graphic novel if yeah. they didn't want to do it. Yeah, like like we were what? talking about the Ninth Jedi being the actual story yeah. instead of the, the Ronin. I think this one would probably work well as an actual uh, Japanese manga. That's actually a really good point. I think that would work really well with this story, yeah. especially because of Jackson's yeah. comic origins. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. So what would you give it, William? I actually same. I, I give it seven Wamparats out of ten. You know, I think this one, two one B, and um, the Ninth Jedi were my three favorites, honestly, mm-hmm. of the of the series. And okay. um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, that takes us into the final, final episode of Star Wars Visions Season oh, 1. Oh, this one's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Steven, tell us about the ninth episode. Not the ninth Jedi. Yeah, so then, the ninth episode. Ninth episode was Akakiri by the studio Science Saru. The director was Yoon Young Choi, and the writer was Yutachiro Kid. The synopsis, a Jedi returns to his forbidden love to help defend her kingdom from a Sith-like shogun. And uh, the episode starts as a B-Wing crashes into the planet in a horrific fashion. Yes. Um, And this one probably is the most uh, inspired by, um, you know, by like the Hidden Fortress, which of course inspired George Lucas in A New Hope. You know, R2-D2 and C-3PO are based on the two main characters in the hidden fortress uh, who are in, in, in this show, uh, this, this episode, Senshu and Masago uh, voiced by uh, one of them, uh, Senshu voiced by actually by George Takai um, of uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars fame, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, no laughs guys. Okay. Uh, it's okay. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Um, but yeah, it's it's really about their this 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 character uh, Tsubaki's uh, uh, Subaki, sorry, his his journey uh, from crash landing on on this planet and finding his his old love, Princess Misa, and going on a journey to find uh, and kind of take out the Sith Lord hiding in the royal family in the in the palace. And kind of the the journey they take through the place of the gods and this kind of desolate place and and how they get to this 
this fortress and, and try to fight Masago. Tom, what did you think of this episode? I found this one interesting. I think out of all of these, <laughs> the animation style, I think, was my uh, second least favorite of it. Um, I, you know, this was one of those, it was, did watch it, couldn't get into it. I found it surprising that he succumbed at the end of being a Sith. Mm. Um, you know, I just, this one, this one's kind of hard to explain, honestly. You know, he, he basically, his, his, the, the princess ends up dying. And then the Sith Lord kind of talks him into, well, if you want to save her, you know, we, we can save her. And then he saves her and then he kind of walks away and she's alive. Very and much a Revenge of the Sith parallel. Yeah. Because you know? he, he ends up killing his love. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to bring that part up, but yeah, that is kind of important. <laughs> unintentionally, but he does. Yeah. But but, you know, like I said, it's 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 just it's just. It was an interesting episode. As you can see, it's kind of hard. You can tell the ones that I really liked. I can talk about them. The ones that I'm like, eh, they're, they're kind of hard to like discuss. So, yeah. St- Steven, what would you? I, uh, see, this is going to be awful. So this was the last one that I watched. It's the last episode. Okay. I, I do not remember what happened in this one. <laughs> I, I, I started reading this synopsis and I'm like, why? What was this episode about? Yeah, I, I liked the ending. I liked I liked that this felt like um, I don't want to say a better episode three, but like it felt very Palpatine esque, where like I will give you the power to save who you love, and Palpatine does that, and it can becomes a Sith Lord, but Padme still dies. This it felt like a, a twist on it, like oh, like the the Sith Lord has given power to the Jedi and converted him to the dark side through doing this, and you know. That's how it ends. I, I liked that piece of it. I do not remember the rest of the episode. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was because I was watching multiple episodes and trying to, you know, watch them in a row or if it was just kind of forgettable, but I just, yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, will say and, this was, this was definitely my least favorite of, uh, probably even more so than Tatooine Rhapsody. Um, uh, in that, uh, I, 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 while I get the, uh, you know, the, the direct, inspiration from the hidden fortress and like oh it's mm-hmm. you know it's that's what inspired r2 and 3po sometimes i think you know uh like while you know these different influences like i think star wars in many ways does a better job than the the things that influenced it and you know that, i think that's why star wars is so popular and so so beloved and is you know spanned and survived the generations because it's timeless and it it takes all these classics and modernizes them and right. and makes them feel uh, new and fresh and exciting. Um, and I honestly, I kind of felt like this was a little bit too much inspiration rather than Star Wars. Um, right. And, and there were certainly those aspects of, you know, Revenge of the Sith. Um, you know, I think that the whole fact that Tsubaki uh, uh, ends up accidentally, you know, killing Princess Misa, and then that causes him to turn to the dark side because he wants to save her. But then at the end, he's he remains on the dark side. Um, I thought that part was interesting that that battle at the very end against Masago. Uh, but then he like it ends, and he he leaves with Masago and becomes her uh, her apprentice. Um, I, that that ending I think was 
a bit odd, but okay. You know, again, it's kind of like Revenge of the Sith, but without knowing what happens in A New Hope and then everything becomes okay. Um, but I still enjoyed that ending half, the second half, or whatever it is, the last third, much better than the first third half or two thirds of the of the of the episode. I, I I did not like it at all until we got to, um, until we got to the palace. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with Steven right now. I mean, I've watched all four, all of these. And this one, I kind of agree. This was up there with my least favorites out of all of them. And I'm just going to say, I, I, I give this one a four out of ten right now. Um, you know, I, I I have my favorites. This one, it's like, okay. And, and, and William, I agree with you. I think that there's a little, if, if you're going to pay homage to something, if you pay direct homage to it, then I think in this case, it kind of fell flat, if that's what their intention was. And it fell flat. So anyway, I, I give it a four out of ten. Uh, who wants to go? Yeah, I think, you know, I, similarly, I, I mentioned this is one of my, probably one of my, uh, not up there in my in my favorites. Um, I think overall, I give it four and a half. Uh, Womp Rats out of uh, out of ten, you know I think the the, the concept of uh, Akakiri, which they never actually explain in the episode, but I you know it, through reading watching the 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 documentaries, the filmmaker focus, they describe means red haze and and, and kind of not being able to see when your judgment is clouded, and I think that explains why you know he ends up killing Princess Misa, um, and you know interesting concept, and and I also thought it was fascinating how the whole color tone of the of the episode changes once they get to the palace and that that akakiri the red haze comes in and the whole episode becomes very red rather than gray um i thought that was well done but yeah overall i think i give it four and a half out of out of ten steven yeah i think i'd give this i I think i'd give it a four out of ten as well um like i said the ending seemed uh, is the thing that stands out most to me and I enjoyed, but the rest of it was obviously very forgettable. Yeah. Well, so I guess, you know, what did, we've talked a lot about Star Wars visions in general. Um, a couple questions for you. One, um, what did you think of how they ended, actually? Uh, how they ended this? W- was it the right choice to end on Akakiri or should they have ended on a, on a, on a, on a maybe a more, uh, less controversial episode. Because I've heard from a lot. I of think other I would have ended well. on a different one, but yeah, so would I. It's it really they all come across, I think, as one-off stories, kind of giving a glimpse into a broader universe. Um, yeah. I I don't think it, I would have liked maybe a stronger episode to finish on. So I I'd have a feeling coming away from like, oh wow, that was awesome. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't think it really mattered. They were all disconnected to begin with. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think my biggest thing I would have preferred is I wish they had done release this weekly uh, instead of all at once. Um, hmm. Why? Why is that? It, this feels very reminiscent to me of uh, like the what if what if series that mm-hmm. Marvel is doing right now. Mm-hmm. What if is more interconnected um, than these are, but. Uh, I think putting these all back to back to back or enabling that style of watching, and maybe that that's on me for choosing to watch it that way. I think just it made them blend together a little bit more when I really think what makes these special is how unique they are from each other. 
and from other stuff. Um, and right. I think a, a weekly release schedule or maybe twice a week even would have maybe enabled that a little bit easier, made it more natural. Yeah. You know, you're no, not alone, Stephen. I've actually, so I ended up watching these, I, maybe sometimes I watched one, you know, two or three at a time, but uh, in some cases I just watched, would watch one and I was actually traveling and so I was, it was hard to find time to sit down and watch them all. So I kind of watched them, you know, I watch one and I get some time and I watch another one. And it took me probably four or five days, six days to, to watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've heard from other people who just binge them that they, they do, it's very easy for them to just run together and, 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 and kind of, you know, be hard to distinguish and really appreciate the differences just because at the end of the day, given the short runtime, they're all, almost all of the stories are inevitably, all right, introduce character, battle, and then kind of things end. <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's uh, the art styles are different, the characters are different, but it can be it can be hard to uh, really under you know remember all of the everything. And so yeah. I t- that makes a lot of sense, honestly. And and I think that was my problem because I did it to where I spanned it over two nights, where I watched a couple first night, well half of it the first night, then half of it the second night, and. I, I sat here after the first night. I, I was, my son and I talked about this, and we've been going back and forth about how are you going to talk about this? What are your feelings about this? And I'm I'm sitting here just like back and forth, just. And, and now that we're reviewing these, it is true. You binge watch them. Uh, they do, other than the ones that stick out that you remember, the rest of them kind of blend together, like this one at the end. You know, the the uh, Akakira, Akakiri, sorry. Um, this one was kind of like, eh, you know, I, I do remember parts of it, um, but maybe I would go back and watch them singularly and see if there's any different. But I still would probably go back and watch the ones that I enjoyed and skip the ones that that I, I really didn't. So. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. You know, I think this overall, I thought Star Wars Visions was a you know interesting project. I, I mentioned it at the top of the show how, you know, anime is not my, you know, favorite genre or, 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 or you know, art style. And, and that's okay, right? I don't have to, you don't have to love everything. You don't have to be a Star Wars fan and love everything. Um, and I think I went into this show initially thinking that they were very serious right it, it, like a resistance or a you know clone wars or whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. um and by th- try, by looking at it that way i think there's in some ways a higher bar right for like the the you know aligning with star wars storytelling and that sort of thing and then when i when i realized you know no i should look at this more like lego star wars i think that it gave me a whole new appreciation for it and in both cases like i i certainly appreciated the technical aspects of of this Mm -hmm. right very even it's not my personal taste very well uh very well done the art style is you know beautifully crafted the 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 sound effects are uh, fantastic the music uh, you know the the stories are you know uh you know uh, know, definitely more you know classic uh anime but um you know for that genre very well done right and very and and kind of and you know these are things that are expected in this in, in the in the genre and oftentimes mm-hmm. um and so you know technically i think they're crafted exquisitely uh yeah. and each one has a very different story a very different style 
Um, and so it, it, it makes it overall feel very fresh, very new, very different, um, you know, uh, when, when, when seen in that, in that light. Yeah. I don't know how so my, uh, my, my biggest thing when it comes to all these, um, I appreciate for what they are. And, and William, you, you hit a lot of it on the head. They are very well crafted, very good storytelling. But my, my concern is that I would like to see a couple of them continue. But within the larger Star Wars universe, now you've got the thing to where it's like you've got people I've already seen. Well, you've got the the now Legend universe that's out there. And then you've already kind of touched on a bit when it comes to the Lego Star Wars. It's like Star Wars adjacent. And then now you've got, you know, and, and a lot of people are going to consider this new Disney Star Wars universe, which is what's happening now. And now you've got this. So my, my concern is with all this that's out there, if this starts becoming like, let's go this way, you're going to start splintering, which is fine in some cases, but you're going to really start splintering the Star Wars fandom. To really, and Star Wars, it's 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 just everybody is welcome to the party. We all know that. I, I think it's okay as again lo- as long as you see it like Lego Star Wars, right? Hey, we want more Lego Star Wars. I get it, right? That yeah, makes sense. Oh, I get it too. I um, I love when it's done, when it's done right. Lego Star Wars is a blast. Yes, exactly, and I think the same is true of this, right? As long as you go in with that, I think these are not. Official. These are not like uh, canon, right? These are not the official right. Star Wars story. Maybe right. some are canon adjacent, and you know, in the future they might work something in. But I, I really see this basically like the Visions book, right? The that they that was done three years ago. Was it three years yeah. ago or more? Uh, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, the Visions project was started three years ago. The, the Visions book came out probably a decade ago or whatever it was. Um, but that's just you know. Interesting, crazy art inspired by Star Wars, and, and it's some beautiful art out of it. And that's where we got like, you know, Maul coming back, or what was mm-hmm. it the actually was it was it when Maul came, came back, or at least Maul's legs that kind of inspired the Clone Wars. Yep. Um, so like, you know, there can be inspiration drawn from all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's not canon, right? It's not the official right. Star Wars story. And as long as people look at it like that, I think it's okay. Okay, that's my own, that's my own ter- two cents. I don't know. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I think I agree. I, I've said before that I one of the things I think Star Wars needs to do as it transitions into a more regular uh, media phenomenon. So you know, more than just a trilogy of every couple decades, mm-hmm. uh, or the you know a single running TV show, is it needs to learn to divest itself a little bit and explore different areas that it normally doesn't explore, um, and different themes and feels. Because uh, if you keep just making episodes four, five, and six again, that will get stale and get old. Oh, absolutely. And I look at Visions as an extreme example of that. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, as as we went through it, there are some here that are misses, and there are some that are hits. Yeah. And I think it's, I think regard even if I thought they were all misses, I'd still be glad they made it, if only to try these different types of stories. And that is the one thing about this that I totally appreciate that they tried this and they did hit with some great stories and some of them in some cases some people probably appreciate them and they hit with some people some of them didn't hit with us but there's people out there that probably enjoyed the ones that that we didn't like and and that's okay yeah for me i want to see i'm gonna i want to see old republic i i'm just throwing it out there but i agree that 
Star Wars is such a big universe. There are so many stories that can be told that they need to be said. I'm also kind of the guy who I miss. You've established characters already that let's continue their story, like the expanded universe or now Legends, where Luke, Leia, and Han's story continued. You know what? You've got Ray, you've got Poe, you've got Finn, you've got three characters. I'd like to see their stories continue now. Now that it's over, what's happening at that point? We ended up getting the Yuse Vaughn at the end, you know, that's now Legend. We ended up, Thrawn, I love Thrawn. Thrawn was one of the best things to come out of the Legends universe to come now. But that's what I'd like to see. Tell all the stories you want, but I'd like to see that, you know, happen. So, and, and I think that I'm ready to give a final rating for the whole thing. Are you guys up for it? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And I think I'll just add one more thing before we, we go into our, our rating. And I, I agree with everything you guys have said. You know, I, I do hope this remains more of an extreme example and that mm-hmm. you know, while Star Wars sh- needs to be able to branch out into other, you know, other genres, other other styles, um, I would hope that they're still able to keep that within the main canon as like Marvel has has managed to do with the wide range of, of styles. Right. Uh, just look at the Marvel yeah. Disney Plus shows. Um, you know, and I hope Star Wars is able to do that rather than just throwing in everything, you know, kind of out the window and saying, okay, well, just do whatever you want. But right. sometimes those do whatever you want are good and, and important and, and, and create great storytelling. Like absolutely Lego Star Wars, like visions, yep. like, um, you know, even like the you know robot chicken Star Wars, right? Those are officially licensed by Lucasfilm, right? Um, and, and and those other you know parodies and, and like Star Wars detours, same thing, right? You, there's mm-hmm. some some of that you want. I think it's just making sure there's a balance and knowing that you know Visions is like you said, Stephen, more of an extreme example. And there's other you know, and, and hopefully most of the new you know, projects still fit within the larger Star Wars storytelling. That's my hope, at least. Yep. Okay, I agree. Well, with that, um, Tom, what would you rate Star Wars Visions? Thank you for coming to me first. (laughs) Well, I think I'm going to give it a 6.5. Like I said, I think for me, watching all of them as a Sorry, watching all of them as a binge, then taking a break, then binging again. I and this is the rating I put down originally. Um, this is where I came out of it, and it's kind of a weighing on the ones that I liked, and then the second tier, and then third tier like that. So I came with a six point five. Um, I appreciate what they did. I think there's a lot of good ideas that they went with, and and they succeeded in what they wanted to do. And what I'd like to see a whole new nine episodes of different storytellers. Yes. I'd like to see those other voices come into the universe. Would I like to see a couple of these continue on as stories? Absolutely. I've already said the, the, the two that I probably would love to see. I think that one that I'd like to see would probably fit better as manga. A couple of these might also that we may go 50, 50 on would probably fit better as manga than in actual animated love to see that happen. Um, but I'm giving the series overall a 6.5. My 6.5 Womp Rats, this is going to be hard because I have nine different ways to torture them, and it's going to be hard to pick just one. So 
I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to go to the Twins, and those 6.5 Womp Rats. What you didn't know is they were they were actually part of the the way that um, the brother was able to get his lightsaber to extend and really destroy all those ships. They were inside the little hamster wheel that made that blade really really powerful, so he could destroy everything. So that's my 6.5 Womp Rats. That was a stretch, guys. Anyway, uh, Stephen, you're next. Um, I've gone back and forth a little bit. I think I'm also going to give it a six and a half out of ten. Um, and it, I really would just point to all of the individual reviews for each episode. I thought some of them were fun and enjoyable, and I thought some I didn't really care for or didn't really, you know, work for me. Um, but on the whole, like I said, I'm glad they did the show. I thought it was interesting. Um. And yeah, I think if they do another season, I, I do hope it's, yeah, continue exploring, doing different things. And I, mm-hmm. I suspect they'll probably rate it about the same. Um, and uh, I think my six and a half Womp Rats, I'm just going to like the show. I think half of them are going to be just very, you know, serious. They're sitting here beside me, uh, you know, very carefully taking notes as we do this episode. And the other half ran outside and are driving cars off cliffs because why not? You realize you have one Womp Rat that's a 0.25, or two Womp Rats that are a 0.25, because if you're that's, going... Tom, they don't want to talk about that's, okay. that's inappropriate. I'm sorry. We can't we can't look at that in, in detail. Not, not a problem. William, would you like to get us out of here? Get Do, the, do your... Yeah, please? so I think you guys have said... I think I've, I've pretty much said my, my thoughts on Star Wars Visions overall. Interesting project. I'm glad they did it, um, and, you know, it... it I would. I came away uh, enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would, but it, it's probably not. You know, I think like Lego Star Wars, like some of these other projects, it's probably not one I'll return to a lot. You know, um, but I, I'm glad. I'm glad they did it. It was interesting, and I'm glad they're experimenting and trying with new stuff. So, um, you know, overall, I think I'm gonna give it seven Womp Rats out of ten. I was going back and forth. Uh, I'm going to give it seven, right? I think most of it's less my personal excitement level and more for the quality of the the shorts uh, all up, even though it may not be in my personal preference and, and style. Um, and my seven Womp Rats are, um, you know, there, there, were, there were nine shorts, but there are actually seven different studios. And so each studio has drawn the Womp Rat in their style. And... Um, uh, for for this Womp Rat collection of, of seven Womp Rats from seven studios. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. Well, wow. We uh, That was our mega recap of Star Wars Visions. Um, I hope you all enjoyed listening. Again, I know, you know, uh, we had similar thoughts, I think, but a lot of people, uh, you know, there's a wide, wide range of of. Uh, opinions on the show. I've seen some people saying, oh my gosh, the best Star Wars I've seen in a long time. Uh, So it's really interesting to see the different wide range of opinions. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear it. Um, You know, how would, uh, how would you rate Star Wars visions? Let us know your Womp Rat rating. And uh, do you agree with us? Do you not? Um, Love to hear it. But I don't know about you guys. Uh, I think this has been a, a long episode. So I think we're ready to wrap things up. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot more fun stuff to come. Of course, we have the new Thrawn book coming out. Um, we have to review the first you know, one, oh, by uh, the way. The, the last one, yeah, we do. We do. 
Yeah, uh, the last and, one. I mean, not not. We've already done the first first New Throne book. Yeah, but the well, last new one. The ba- between the Bad Batch, you know, and of course, like a busy uh, summer, we just didn't get around to doing it. But we still, it's on our on our list. And of course, we have the the final Thrawn, uh, the Book in the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy as well. So stay tuned for all that. And of course, the Book of Boba Fett coming December 29th. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back soon with our next episode of. Ion Cannon. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.